<laughs> hey, Jackie. Hey, Hannah. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm sitting in my own closet saying, man, who is in here? <laughs> These are the perks of isolation. Who needs to go shower? <laughs> you can eat as much garlic as you want and nobody cares. I'm listening to your neighbor's hood. You're listening to Your Neighborhood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically about race. With Hannah and Jackie. Hannah, it's it's been so, it's been a long. Um, it's been a long journey. Who knows yeah. when quarantine's going to end? And how, too. I feel like it might, we might be released into the wild mm-hmm. only to be sent back in again. Uh, uh, all kinds of facts. One thing that I know you mentioned, it's going to be really interesting to see what's like on the other side of this as people have been all over social media. You know, they've been putting stuff on their Twitters, posting stuff on their Instagrams, like social wise, social media wise have been completely like interacting. There's been a lot of interaction. And so when we come out of this and people are awake and attuned to what's happening, like when we, whatever that looks like, um, I wonder what forms or things that were said or communication are going to be acceptable mm, what's gonna stick? on the other side of this. <laughs> what's going to stick? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get canceled? Mm-hmm. Who's going who's gonna to have to go back to their COVID <laughs> comments? quarantine quarrels and say and be making apology or what that looks like yeah um i feel a little like i don't i mean in some ways i'm really appreciating the the introvert in me really is happy to just be huddled down (laughs) feeling a little nervous about real interaction i could see that But I was thinking, though, that, I mean, because that is our main way for communicating now, I was thinking about how easy it is then to just, I mean, this is where cancel culture comes from, how easy it is if you don't like something that you're seeing, you can just X out or escape from it, you know, just delete, and then it's not in your world again. And you have all these other people that you can select from in your echo chamber. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Unfollow, mm-hmm. unfriend. It's the quickest way to, or or you know the what did they say? The court of public opinion is sometimes, uh, ha- has the verdict, and there ain't no coming back from that, even in the yeah. justice system. Oh, I wish I could find this article. Um, so today we wanted to talk about the consequences of counterculture, and on a completely kind of superficial level there's this chef that I've been following who's been really getting me through these times because she's got a lot of cooking with pantry staples sort of recipes and she's cute and she's fun and she's white and over the weekend she um made some disparaging comments on Twitter about um Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen and she has since gone back and apologized, but basically she kind of threw these women under the bus in order to prove a point about her own um, goals and ways she wants to conduct business. Um, And so the whole thing got kind of messy, and then she came out and she did this big long apology that I saw on her Instagram. And it'll be interesting to see whether she's 
forgiven for it or whether there's room for her to grow out of it. I mean, I guess you have to then see the actions to know whether the apology is real because will it change her actions or not? And what actions we see, you know, we are not in her circle is so far from reality that, you know, how can we really make a real opinion? But I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, like, it sounds really juicy. Oh, what? did she say, though? Basically, um, she was being asked if, uh, now that she's um, gotten so famous, especially during quarantine, was she going to come out with a line of equipment that she was going to sell? And she was saying, um, no, I'm not going to be like Marie Kondo and then say, get rid of all your stuff and now go buy all my stuff. She's trying to cling to her values as a minimalist. And I can't remember um, what particularly she said about Chrissy Teigen, but it so happened that she's now disparaged two Asian women um, in one foul swoop in, in a totally unnecessary way. So at no point do I want to be misunderstood as saying that I'm in support of her comments. That's not the point. But that she then came out and and did apologize um, and said that she was going to be reading comments from people and hearing back and, um, and doing a lot of work on her end. And um, she doesn't know why she... She needs to take a deeper look at why she had to throw these women under the bus. Um, so I personally appreciate seeing examples of people who make missteps correcting them. I think it's really, I think it's a really helpful thing for us if we say, if we just see people get canceled when they do things like that. Specifically for me, I'll just talk about my own perspective. For me as a white woman, if I see another white woman make a misstep and get canceled, then the messaging I get is don't make a mistake. You will get canceled. And then it makes you scared to then enter into any situation that you think might set you up to get canceled. And then it just upholds the status quo. Uh, I agree. I agree that, you know, sometimes um, you see there is a fear of these conversations or not even what we talk about, just period. It's a fear to have certain conversations because that ridicule and that uh, sort of undoing of you is seems inevitable. And I'm not just talking about race conversations. Let's like go to Mm -hmm. I, I put it into perspective of like my own family. Right. If I go to my uh if we're having a family conversation which is five with five kids my mom has five children and they i am inherently i guess the um the know-it-all or the the uppity one or whatever it is but let's say we try to have a conversation i bring up the fact that my sister If I talk about, um, what am I trying to say? If I talk about drug abuse and alcoholism, right, in a way that I say I I don't agree with it, I believe that when people do that, that there are, you know, if I just talk about my beliefs about drug abuse and alcoholism, yo, I feel like three, four out of five of my siblings will be like, I don't want to talk to her no more. We're done. It's over mm. and we get nowhere when it's a real fucking problem in my family. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a real problem. So it's like now I've got four, f- 
three of my siblings that won't even have a conversation with me. One of them that's butthurt, but will still talk to me, right? He, he might be butthurt because he's got a problem too. He might still talk to me, but it may take him some time. But we get nowhere as a family because no one can handle me having my own truth. Right, wrong, or indifferent, right? Because I could be completely wrong in what I said um, and not be empathetic to their lived experiences that got them caught up into the the lifestyles of drug abuse, alcohol abuse that that they were into, not even hear their full story, but they won't even allow me to come to mm-hmm. the place of understanding because they don't mm-hmm. like what I said initially, which does nothing for my family. So I just feel like that cancel culture is the easiest, yeah. especially with the internet. It's just, it's too easy not mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. It's too easy for some people, right? It's not to do it. And if your empathy muscle isn't strong, then yeah, I think you're right. It, it, it makes... It, it it stunts growth, it stunts empathy, and it stunts relationship yeah. building. So the consequences are uh, lose any chance culture, of understanding culture. each other. Um, and in whiteness, what I was really struck with was um, in White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. There's this little section. I'm going to read it because she says it better than I can. The very real consequences of breaking white solidarity play a fundamental role in maintaining white supremacy. We do indeed risk censure and other penalties from our fellow whites. We might be accused of being politically correct or might be perceived as angry, humorless, combative, and not suited to go far in an organization. In my own life, these penalties have worked as a form of social coercion. Seeking to avoid conflict and wanting to be liked, I've chosen silence all too often. I remember um, I wanted to get this shirt, which I I ended up getting, um, but I saw it online and I showed it to my husband and it says, um, feminism is the radical notion that women are people. I think it's kind of a funny shirt, um, but I said, if I wore this, what would you think? And he was like, if I didn't know you and I just saw you wearing that shirt, I probably wouldn't talk to you. I'd think you're too angry. And I mean, I've, I've been ridiculed in my life that I don't bring enough anger to the table. <laughs> so it's, uh, th- that is all signaling to stay away from that topic or being perceived as being too whatever. And that from, from somebody I've selected and chosen as my mate who, who I know to be a very mm-hmm. open person. So it's so deeply ingrained in us. And I appreciate that he gave yeah. me that honest answer, you know? And I still bought it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you are individuals. But that's the deal is that in in virtual life, we are passing judgment on people we think we know. So when you talk about, you know, the Mm -hmm. the chef uh, that you were talking about is people think they know her, right? They have this idea that they are connected. They are then they know her. So you need to apologize. Or, or some people are saying, it's not like her. That's not what she meant. Mm-hmm. You know, excusing or canceling is easy to do. It's so easy to do. And I think, when, like you said, that people that know mm-hmm. you may be like, yeah. okay, Hannah. People that don't know you be like, you know, F that B. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's another disgruntled, you know, I ain't messing with her. Uh, but on the grand scale, it brings me back to, um, it brings me to when Kevin Hart had to uh, deal with his possibility of being canceled. And then 
you know, it's like, okay, so you do know me, right? Like the, like the chef or like Kevin Hart, you do know who he is, right? Quote unquote, virtually, you know who he is. He had missteps in his past. Um, he asked for apology from those things and people still were like, give up the Oscars. You should not host the Oscars because you had these homophobic things, even though that Mm -hmm. there's some breathing space between what was what and what now is mm-hmm. what was the reconciliation of that and then what is now you still there's still that want i think with mm-hmm. cancel culture not only is it that culture pieces people want consequence they want yeah. something bad they want something to have to you i hope you lose all of your mm-hmm. followers i hope you 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 know it's either i just completely ain't messing with you mm-hmm. like they would do with you on the streets or something bad needs to happen to you yeah well i saw lose i all, was in minnesota when al franken um, I, I saw him at an event and and uh, was a oh. fan. And then, you know, his misconduct from the past came out and then he ended up stepping down. And there are a lot of thoughts and opinions about that. I mean, in here, we're not immune to it in Virginia <laughs> with the whole blackface controversy. And can can we forgive? And it, can, can there be growth? Could a person have done something in the past? I mean, boy. What I'm grateful I didn't grow up with social media because these kids were growing up with a record of things that they have said and done and they think it's disappearing and it's going to be on them. I mean, I, I hope that we can no- remember that people grow and change. And I include I include myself in that. <laughs> yeah, that. First of all, I just think it's unhealthy and it's it's a natural Mm-hmm. and unhealthy precedent to set of perfection. It is such a natural thing to do because we, we think we see, we think we know people. I said, like I said before, we're thinking, oh, but it's so unhealthy mm-hmm. to have the expect, the the expectation of perfection. But I think, I think you can have accountability um, and consequence yeah. without termination. Uh, the problem is, is that accountability Mm -hmm. and consequence is different for every single person. So when I was taking my mom's fake plants and burning them in the bathroom because I wanted to see (laughs) what it looked like when those fake plants caught on fire, my father thought the appropriate consequence Mm -hmm was to get in that butt and whoop my tail. My mother thought an appropriate consequence was to send me Mm -hmm. to my room and she would deal with me when she Mm -hmm. could. Mm -hmm. It was right. The consequence was right for both of them, right? Because I think she saw the curiosity, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, They're playing with fire. You could have broke my whole house down. I don't want to kill you. Let me take a second. My dad's like, oh, hell no. no, 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 no. So... I think people think they're so right. Mm-hmm. They're con- what they have is their level of accountability is the right level, is the right thing. So I, when you're talking public, I don't know that there's a way to appease folks. Mm-hmm. Time, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Memories are short. <laughs> Time and space. So how many people are actually talking about Kevin Hart and his stuff oh, well, at this point and in time? Uh, I think of another good example that just has come to mind is Aziz Ansari. Um, with his sexual situation. And then I don't know if anybody gave him the chance, but I watched his comedy special and he Mm -hmm. starts it off by addressing it. 
Um, so to me, he brought it up. He apologized in his comedy special, which is like, whoo, to, to bring that up, to say, now I'm going to make you laugh is, is a bold, difficult thing to do. So I don't know. I don't know what the, um, reach was if people were able to forgive him or not. I don't have a good read on that, but I don't either. I don't either. No idea. No idea. And and in my mind, if I, I don't know that I understood that that situation uh, well enough to have an opinion, but I was I was confused. I was confused on the outrage. I think what I thought I heard was he a girl felt pressured by him. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that he was pressuring her and continued to pressure her and then realized when he was pressuring her was like, oh, shit, my bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I read her her account of the event. Um, and what I think it did for the conversation is to add nuance and layer um, that that not all of it looks one way. Not all sexual assault looks the same. And I, th- I hope it brought up for people. It brought up for me anyway, the idea that you need to like just good lovemaking and good good um being a good lover is checking in with your partner and it sounded to me like it, it wasn't um as egregious as something certainly but it he wasn't being a good lover mm. oh, and that, and again the topic oh my goodness that is that is that is a whole topic that it depends on who who you're who who's coming from a place of trauma who's coming yeah. from a place of victimhood right mm-hmm. men that have been victimized by falsehoods who's coming from a place of um uh, uh, uh trauma adjacent mm-hmm. who's you know what i mean like that come to the so many of us come to the table when we're judging what folks are doing racially sexually mm-hmm. um and all these other different things right culturally mm-hmm. that uh I, I i think some people are affected have more to lose in this cancel culture game than others yeah that's true we have at other times talked about the value of diversity in conversation and ideas. And I have been struggling with f- the feeling in some spaces where I've been trying to follow black activists where I feel like on certain things there is no there is no other way. This is the way. And I guess what I, if I'm trying to pinpoint it, it's that it feels like a closed off, it feels like this is it. And I can respect that as a boundary, but I um, don't know if it's, if it furthers something. And and I don't say it's anybody's job to further, further an idea or do the work if they are not, if they don't want to. But I, I, uh, and really just working through, and maybe it's too soon to talk about because I'm still just processing what it is when somebody says, like, this is it, the end. Mm. No room for rebuttal yeah. or amplifying information, just yeah. boom. Yeah, no room for um, for any other perspective. And I struggle, the reason I struggle with it is because I think that there's this pendulum swing. Like if we take this conversation to sexism, it seems like 
Maybe we need the pendulum to swing away from the masculine and into the feminine and and to flip a little bit in order to kind of recalibrate equality. And so maybe um, what I'm sensing in these spaces that I'm is is a uh, is the pendulum swing and the pendulum needs to swing a little bit and the power structures need to change in order for there to be real equality in those spaces mm. Mm. that's deep hannah yeah I, I see what you mean in order to in order because yeah <clears throat> don't even need to explain it don't even need to go back to it I, yeah um and i think uh I, that is triggering that could be tri- triggering when you're n- not not only when you're not used to something like that, but that could be triggering when you're the one being told to let that pendulum swing. Yeah. <laughs> when the pendulum is not swinging in your direction. Yeah. When it flips in the opposite direction. Yeah. And and it seems like it's something so unnatural and um unnormal and hurtful. Right. It does. And I am also ashamed to feel that way because I want to see the I would love to see the pendulum. So I would like to think that I would love to see the pendulum swing. Let me just say that I would like to think that I would love to. And I'm ashamed that I get triggered by it. But I also um, want to, like, unpack it for myself and, and figure out where it's coming from. Is it coming from an ego thing? Is it is it some work I have to do or is it? Like, no, I think that the conversation that I want to be a part of looks like this. You know what I mean? Did, did yeah. I say that in a way that was intelligible? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I, I think that's a, that is also a growth mindset and a maturity thing to be able to identify. Hey, I know this needs to happen, but while it's happening, I am uncomfortable as hell. Like I, I'm having a hard time feeling good about it. I'm okay with it, but I'm having a hard time feeling good about it. I mean, I think that's, that is perfectly okay in this sort of space. I mean, on your wedding day, that's not okay. But like here, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To be quite honest, like, you know what I mean? Like there are certain instances where no, you need to be a part of this. You need to, you know you need to be included you need to be heard and seen but then there are other cases where it's like no you need to listen and sit mm-hmm. and so i think if you're a doer and you know it's difficult to take the act of listening and sitting as a form of activism mm-hmm. or activation mm-hmm. yeah i could see that i could i could definitely see that um i i, I do believe that particularly with issues about race, because that's what you're referencing, like mm-hmm. you know, dealing with black activists and saying like, you know, like I don't want to hear nothing else is there is a respecting of space that has to happen. Right. Yeah. You know that this is happening. I respect their space. And then I can also say, is this space healthy for me? Is this space challenging? Is this, Am I getting what I need to get out of this space and decide whether or not that's a space that you want to be in? Because I think as it pertains to uh, to black people and spe- specifically is that we have not been allowed to be uh, come in variety, right? We, we have not been allowed to be a bag of Skittles. Mm-hmm. We have uh, only been able to be um, uh, oh, we are only allowed to be uh, good in plenties, right? Because you only get like what one or two colors there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not, you, you only get in it, in, in, okay. in either way. Yeah, they don't really taste that great. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why plenty. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there are enough. There are so many different kinds of Skittles out there, right? Like so many different flavors. Flavors, because I don't know if the flavor is very different mm-hmm. through each Skittle, but mm-hmm. but there's so many. But you get it that there's so many different voices out there that you can listen to and still grow. Uh, so I think the variety in that matters. There are places where you need to sit, and it, I think that that particularly white people, there are places you need to sit in, and like it's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. But I also think that those places can be harmful at times to where you need to go where you can actively participate because while you're sitting holding that stuff in what are you going to do with it what i would hate to do is have that transition into ars anger resentment and spoiledness right Mm -hmm. because you're sitting there like i don't want it to try but because you've got to release that too what you're receiving you need a space to be able to process and release and that's what your people right Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes other black people that are willing to do it but I also think that there's, um, in order to to bring nuance to a race conversation, then maybe it's okay if actually in, in the final Zoom call that was held at the end of the um, Food Solutions New England Racial Equity Challenge that we did at the start of the quarantine, they said... We've got a waiting room in the Zoom. If you feel too triggered, you can step out into the waiting room and then you can choose to come back in. And I think that is kind of like a good metaphor for this whole thing that maybe sometimes you make a mistake and you need to like you need to sit out for a time and just listen and and think about your mistakes. Time out. You need to have time out and think about your mistake and what you've done. And you need to come forward with a real apology and you need to show it. it you have better actions. Can you tell them I'm a mom of toddlers? <laughs> but I mean, that coming back in is the, is important. And that, and um, that um, leaning back into the conversation. So, I mean, it, I, I think it's good to acknowledge like if this isn't a healthy thing for me and this isn't making me be a better person in this conversation, then maybe I need a time out. But it doesn't mean that maybe I should totally disengage or find the spaces that work for me. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Hannah, that's that's a so what now what? Yeah, there it was. (laughs) There it was. It always seems to boil back down to motherhood. <laughs> what? Can relate, can relate, can relate. What's yes. yours? I What's mean, your so what now what? Um I I I don't know anything else other than echo what you said because I think it was perfectly put is that if you know with council culture, I think um we all run the risk of being canceled by somebody or somebody's that we care deeply about or that care deeply about us, right? Like there's there or, or that don't, right? It could just be in your little in your little town where you said something and then everybody's like, she's the bad girl. <laughs> like we all run that risk. Um, but I don't think that fear should stop anyone from showing up in spaces uh, with a growth mindset and with an open mind. I just think we have to, because of cancel culture, because it's so real, I think when we come to a point of processing what we've been downloading, right, 
to, to, to stay in growth mindset. We have to make sure that it comes from the right place, that it's done in the right space, and that we are okay and ready for the consequence that comes of that, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. When you decide to share, you cannot control how people respond to what it is that you're saying. So I'm, I'm with you on the, the, it's personal management and risk assessment. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's worth it sometimes. Sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Sometimes you want to get canceled. <laughs> I, <laughs> sometimes I'm you, being serious. Sometimes though. you oughta. Yep. Sometimes yeah. you ought to get canceled. Agree. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been called a radical for some things that I'm like, huh, that wasn't so radical or wasn't so crazy after all. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate when I trigger people in some cases to the point where they're you have you're now thinking about what I said and you were pat. Now it's in your sphere mm-hmm. and you do what you want with it. But it was meant that way. I said it. I meant it. I'm done with it. I'm moving on mm-hmm. or I'm going to keep going, you know, not moving on, but I'm going to keep going down this path. And then other times, you know, we have missteps and just have to be ready for that. The consequence. Yeah. That's what I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's not exactly where I thought this would go and it's, but it's better. I think. Yes. Yes. That's the yes, point of a yes, conversation. Yes. That's the point of staying open. <laughs> and Staying curious and then taking a baby step to betterment. That's what I'm talking about. Did you get it? Y'all see, we coming to the end of this. (laughs) And what you're going to do while you're taking that baby step, you're going to go outside. You're going to get yourself some vitamin D from the sun and you're going to choose to make it a great day. But while you're making a great day, you're going to remember how stuff used to be, how it was. And you're going to go forward with a perspective mind because you are closer to history and you are making history in a better way. Design. Boom. Boom. We will check y'all on the flip side.